بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما وألحقنا بعبادك الصالحين أما بعد All praises due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has blessed us with the first Jumu'ah of the month of Ramadan. Last week we were saying the month of Ramadan is going to start and then the day it started we said hey, we need to value every moment because we want it to go slow. It's nearly a week already and the month of Ramadan is passing by swiftly. This is how our lives will also pass and if we don't maximize and take advantage of the opportunity that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, it will pass by. And the day of Eid will come and some people will rejoice with thawab and forgiveness from Allah and some will rejoice with good clothing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those who rejoice with forgiveness and emancipation from the fire of Jahannam. Amongst the verses recited tonight, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَنَّ هَذَا صِرَاطِي مُسْتَقِيمًا فَاتَّبِعُوهُ And know well that this is my way. The way which has been discussed in various other verses in Surah Al-Fatiha, اِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this is the way of Allah. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا السُّبُلُ Do not follow the varying and differing routes which shaitan presents before you. فَتَفَرَّقَ بِكُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ When a person embraces Islam, the key to our Islam and Iman is shahada and tawheed. Tawheed means to acknowledge and believe in the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Amongst the benefits of tawheed, is that it synchronizes the thinking and the lifestyle of a person. Everything is synchronized. We don't have to ask who do, worship, who do we worship. And via that tawheed, we are taught to follow Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we are not in need of anybody to guide us with regards to what we need to eat, what we shouldn't eat, what we should wear, what we shouldn't wear, how we should talk, how shouldn't we talk. Because all this has been codified for us in the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then you have differing ways which differ from the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which might seem to be philosophically sound and they might seem to be appealing. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ignore those because that will take you away from the straight path. So the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam makes a person's life easy. It simplifies a person's life. Because if we do not have this synchronized mentality, every time anything new appears, we will become attracted to that. Something new comes, فَتَفَرَّقَ بِكُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلِ So now we'll go in that direction. Now a new hairstyle comes, we'll go in that direction. A new trouser comes with a hole on some other part of the, of the trouser, then that becomes part of the, of the fashion. And something which look, maybe when we were small, and, and uh, if somebody had to show us a picture of some of the clothing people are wearing today, and amazingly in tonight's Taraweeh also the verses of clothing was also mentioned. So if we had to see some of the clothing that we are seeing today, perhaps 30 years ago, we would have said, this is not really clothing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says in one of the verses recited tonight, يَا بَنِي آدَمَ قَدْ أَنزَلْنَا عَلَيْكُمْ لِبَاسًا O children of Adam, we have sent upon you clothing. This is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to clothe oneself. يُوَارِي سَوْآتِكُمْ To cover your nakedness. وَرِيشَ And a means of adornment. And the ulama say, after iman, after iman, the first fard 
the first obligation on a Muslim, even before salah, before zakah, before song, is to cover his nakedness and to wear clothing. The first fard after iman is to ensure that you have a level of decency and morality, that you cover those parts which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to cover. And in those verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, La yaftinannakum shaytan that shaytan not make you a victim of his fitna. Because what did he do when he attacked our father, Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam, and our mother, Hawa alayhi salam, in Jannah? The first thing that happened was their clothing was removed in Jannah. The, the clothing of Jannah was removed from them because of the mistake that they had committed listening to the treachery of shaitan. And the ulama say that these verses are not just mentioned as a form of storytelling, but it is to inform us that this is the modus operandi of shaitan. His effort is to ensure that people are unclothed. And we see what is happening as we're getting closer to Qiyamah. Whatever Sharia says, whatever the teaching of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi are, we find the tartib of our time goes the opposite. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught us to kul biyaminik eat with your right hand, and when you eat with a knife and fork, the fork is in your left hand. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Don't think standing." You find the approach of other than Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is one of you stand and think, lie down and think, do what you want. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Kul biyaminik wa kul mimma yaliq, eat from that which is in front of you. These, but if we just ponder on all the sunnah, even the clothing. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that the teaching of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is that the nakedness, which is called in Arabic awrah, the nakedness of a man which must be covered, is from the navel to the knee. It must be covered. That is the bare minimum to ensure his dignity is intact. Yes, when he comes for salah, khudu zinatakum inda kulli masjid. Then you adopt the most beautiful of your attire. How unfortunate it is at the time of salah and we come with a tracksuit or we wear that same jeans which looks like it, we purchased it with the, with the, with the cuts and the, and the holes. That type of clothing which we wouldn't attend a court hearing for. We wouldn't go for a job application but we'll come to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with that type of clothing. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sunnah, the sunnah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam We'll find generally as we move closer to Qiyamah, the habits of people will go totally contrary to that. We are taught in Islam that our Muslim mothers and sisters, they need to be covered completely except for the hands and the face, which is a dispensation. They may expose that. And men are instructed to lower their gaze. And the system of today is that the entire body needs to be exposed. The kuffar have reached the level that if a woman is wearing a scarf, she's violating. You go to Europe and see what's happening. A woman is expressing her dignity and her, her modesty and her will to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is regarded to be oppression. So the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is for us not to be deluded by these distractions. We know what the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam are. We need to be firm and we need to be uncompromising when it comes to our iman and the thawabit and established facts of sharia. We do not compromise in the things of deen. In secondary matters which are unrelated to deen, choices that you have to make about what car you must buy, what house to live in, those things, fine, you can, uh, you can adopt a way which is in vogue in society, as long as it's within the framework of sharia. But matters of your sharia, matters of your deen, we need to ensure that it is in conformance with the teaching of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And in the surah which was recited, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, therefore, 
tells us of the root cause of this type of deviation. Who takes you away from the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us of the whole event between Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam and Shaytan when Iblis was instructed with the Malaika to make sujood to Sayyidina Adam with the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he refused. And what made him refuse? His nafs and his ego and his arrogance. That when haqq was presented to him an instruction from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he regarded that to be something which went contrary to his intellect. Let us ponder and think over what is happening today with our youth in the schools that they are going to. When we are sitting with our children, sometimes they pose questions to the parents and the parents have no answers. With regards to the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with regards to the miracles of the Anbiya alayhimussalam, and the last time as a parent that we read these things was in the maktab when we were small children. We were not thoroughly convinced and, and we didn't understand the concepts. So how do we convince a child who is now 10 hours in this environment hearing contrary to what is established in the Quran? They will say, well, Darwin seems to be making more sense in comparison to what uh, we are hearing in the talks of Deen. So this arrogance and pride Rasulullah defines this in a hadith. In fact, in a hadith, Rasulullah said, said, Liking to wear good clothing, wearing good clothing, having a good conveyance, having a beautiful house. They assume that could perhaps be included in arrogance and pride because this sometimes does manifest itself in people who have pride. So they said, Oh, Nabi of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, sometimes a man has beautiful clothing, beautiful shoes. Is this also included in pride? And Rasulullah Sallallahu said, No. These are from amongst the the manifestations of the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he, alayhi salatu wasalam, defined what is pride. He said, Al-kibru batarul haqq wa ghamtun nas. That you reject and you stand against haqq when it is presented to you. And you look down upon other people. So shaitan, when he was told, make sujood, he needed to understand that this is the command of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is wajibul wujud, ever existent. Allah brought everything into existence from nothing. Now you as nothing are being told, make sujood to Adam salam, and you have the audacity to stand up and say that no, I have been created from fire and he is created from clay. Therefore, in, according to my intellect, I am superior to him and therefore not liable to prostrate to him. Whereas intellect plays no role when it comes to the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, do it, then you have to do it. And this is how the Sahaba were. Not only with the command of Allah, with the commands of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Once in a gathering, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was sitting and Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was entering the masjid. And he was still at the door of the masjid. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam addressed the, the congregants of that particular gathering and he said, Ijlisu, sit down. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu heard the words of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he sat by the door. And a similar incident happened with Sayyidina Abdullah bin Rawaha radiallahu anhu and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made dua for them. So this was the enthusiasm that when we hear the command of Allah, when we hear the instruction of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then we oblige. We, we don't first say, let me think if it makes sense or it doesn't make sense. This is a shaitani trait. Nobody says, 
that we shouldn't ask questions if you're not understanding something of Sharia. The ulama always encourage that if somebody is not clear on something, ask the appropriate and suitable people and have those questions clarified because there is a solution to everything in the teaching of, of Islam. Perhaps we haven't come across it, it doesn't mean it's not there. Even if it be the questions your children are posing you. So, let us ensure that we at first bring Iman and say, I believe in what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said and what Rasulullah sallallahu has said and then I will get clarity on a certain thing which I'm not clear on. But let us not say, oh, because it doesn't make sense to me, therefore I'm rejecting it. Because it doesn't make sense to me, therefore I'm not comfortable with it. I no longer think that this is something worthy of believing. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So this was shaitan. And shaitan, the ulama say, he was beguiled and led astray because of his ego and his nafs. And this is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has told us that Your biggest enemy, your arch enemy is that ego and that nafs which is in between your shoulders. Because that made shaitan, shaitan. And in the month of Ramadan, the shayateen are shackled and fastened. But the teacher of shaitan is still with us. So as we go now into the second week of Ramadan, and people are now used to the, the vibe of Ramadan, it shouldn't be that we go back to our old habits. You know, when you turn a bicycle upside down and you turn the, the pedal and you leave the, the, the pedal, because of the propelled force, the wheel is still moving. So that nafs is still running inside us. We need to, as we are detoxing ourselves physically with the fast, there should be a spiritual detoxing also. And we should be vigilant about bad habits not returning into our uh, uh, behavior, insha'Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all fasts which are maqbool and accepted. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the rahmah of the first ten days and also the maghfirah of the second ten and emancipation and freedom from the fire of Jahannam in the last ten days of Ramadan. We remind the brothers, again, as Rasulullah sallallahu encouraged that we recite abundantly the shahada and istighfar and ask for Jannah and ask for protection from Jahannam. And we recite for just a few times, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, astaghfirullah, Allahumma inni as'aluka al-jannah wa a'udhu bika min al-nar, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, astaghfirullah, Allahumma inni as'aluka al-jannah wa a'udhu bika min al-nar, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, astaghfirullah, Allahumma inni as'aluka al-jannah wa a'udhu bika min al-nar, and also a reminder to ensure that we make renew our intention for tomorrow's fast inshallah to maximize the reward of the fast inshallah wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana tawakina adab al-nar allahumma a'inna ala al-siyami wal-qiyami wa ghaddi al-basari wa hifzi al-lisan rabbana amanna bima anzalta wa attaba'na al-rasoola faktubna ma'a al-shahideen wa sallallahu ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in